Betsy and I have appreciated the opportunity of worshiping with you the last several weeks since I've not been preaching on a regular basis and appreciate the opportunity that Mark gave me to come and to be with you on this first Sunday of Advent. Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew's Gospel, the first chapter, beginning to read at the 18th verse. If you would stand for the reading of the word, please. Hear the word of the Lord. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to the son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph woke up, and he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name of Jesus. To God be the glory as we hear together the reading of his inspired and holy word. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we meet together to interpret the word, we pray that by your spirit you would guide our thoughts and guide my words, that we may truly understand the message that you have for us today. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Those of you who are in charge of the upcoming play here at the church, would appreciate perhaps a story told by a man named Carl Laney. They were having the play at the church where he was, and the day of the, af- the afternoon of the play, a very worried mother called the director of the play and said to her, you know, we've got a problem. My son is sick. The doctor has told him he has to stay in bed. He will not be able to be Joseph in the play tonight. Well, the director was somewhat taken aback for a minute, and then she said, well, we'll just have to write him out of the script. And so that's what they did. When the play came, Joseph was not in the script. And the strange thing is, very few people missed the fact that Joseph had been taken out of the play. But what was done with that play is not all that unusual when it comes to this man, Joseph. We often do the same thing with Joseph. Some of you perhaps have manger scenes in your home, and where did you put Joseph? If you weren't thinking about it, you probably put him a little bit in the background, just behind Mary and the baby Jesus. We tend to forget about him, or at least overlook him as one of those so-called minor characters in the Christmas story. Someone has said he he may be the most neglected person in all of the Christmas story. When we think about Christmas, 
Our thoughts go to things like the frantic innkeeper, trying to find room for all the people coming to town that day to be taxed. Where was he going to put them? And he ended up putting Joseph and Mary in a stable. Or we think about the shepherds out in the field watching their flocks on a very peaceful, starry night. Or the angelic chorus that appeared to them in singing glory to God in the highest. Or the wise men traveling from the east and bringing their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Or we may even think about the king who in, in his plot to kill the baby Jesus. We understand the role of these people in the Christmas story. But unless we're used thinking very clearly, we forget about Joseph. Perhaps our ignoring of Joseph is somewhat like the description I read of what a good of an American father is like. Or as the piece was entitled, Good Old Dad. He was described as nodding resignedly when the children clamor for new clothes perhaps tagging along to PTA, staying in the car while the family shops, feeling out of place at his daughter's wedding. In fact, I talked to a father in one of the many weddings that I did and asked him what his role was in his daughter's wedding. He said, well, I sign the checks and run an errand when they tell me. He felt neglected. What about Joseph? What about this man called Joseph? Why do we overlook him? He's not mentioned in a single book of carols that I could find, and I'm not a musician, so he may be. He's a fairly common man. He was a carpenter by trade. There's nothing really spectacular or exciting that stand out in his life. He's not like the wise men or the shepherds. But the important thing was Joseph was there. He had a role in the Christmas story. He also has a message for those of us today who read that Christmas story. He was basically a man that fit in that Nazareth community. Perhaps he's a man with calloused hands from his work in the carpenter shop. He's never one who has been quoted with any words or any memoirs. What we learn from the Bible is that he was a good, hard-working man. A man respected and admired perhaps by those in his community because he was a man who kept the law. We're told that he and Mary made their journey to be counted, to be taxed. If you had to describe Joseph, perhaps you'd find no better words to use than ordinary, good, Faithful, hardworking. The question is, who gets excited over an ordinary, everyday type of person? Who except God? The Bible teaches us that God is no respecter of person. God looks kindly toward all people. God does not set anyone apart. In his sight, No one is ever just a plain, ordinary, everyday person. Every person, no matter what their status may be among their fellow men, every single person is important to God. Just like Joseph was important to God. 
Well, how do people look at Joseph? Some would say he lived a very cramped, confining, lived in a very cramped, confining world. He ran a small carpentry shop that might give that impression. Perhaps he was a very quiet man. But on the spiritual side of this life of this man called Joseph, he stands tall. You see, God was no stranger to him. He was responsive when God called him. When God spoke, Joseph listened. And not only did he listen, but he obeyed. And perhaps this is the greatest message that Joseph has to offer people of all walks of life. He may have been considered common, ordinary, by many who knew him. But more importantly, his mind and his heart were on a much higher level. He was faithful. Joseph speaks well to us in the 21st century. Examples of Joseph can be seen all, I'm sure, all around this church. You see it in those who are faithful, dependable, helpful, considerate. These are the people who Never make what you might call a big splash in the life of the church. They do not do things that draw attention to themselves. But you know, because of them, the church moves forward. They go around doing the little things that need to be done in a church. They straighten chairs. They pick up pieces of paper that someone else dropped. They repair something that is broken. They visit the shut-in, the people in the hospital. They pray for those with burdens that they're carrying. They're in the pews on Sunday morning. They sing in the choir. They keep the nursery. And the list goes on. Can you imagine where the church of today would be like without the little people, people like Joseph, who go around doing the little things in the life of the church. Look at the time. Look at the time when Jesus selected his disciples. Who did he choose? He did not choose the rich. He didn't choose the highly educated. He didn't go to the elite class and pick out the people there. He chose ordinary people, working people, builders of the church. People like Andrew and Peter, James and John, many of them fishermen by trade all of their lives. People who had no claim to fame, but people who helped build the church. People like these, people like the man called Joseph, fit the description, I think, of the salt of the earth. These are the people who go about quietly doing the business of making life run smoothly. You don't always hear from them, but they're always present. They're always doing the job that needs to be done. If I were to ask you this morning who Bill Gates was, I imagine most of you could tell me something about the man that he was the president of Microsoft, the chairman of the board, that he and his wife have given money to charities all over the world. But if I were to ask you who his secretary was, how many of you would know? If I was to ask you who the electrician was that kept going, kept his machinery going, 
How many of you would know? The little people. The people that take the bits and pieces of things they need to do and find individual purpose. Joseph was that way. Before he becomes engaged to Mary, he finds she's expecting with a child. Before he fully understood, he thought about breaking his engagement. But then God sent a messenger. And Joseph learned what his role was to be. And he found out that nothing would separate him from Mary. He knew Mary was to be the mother of the Savior of the world. He knew that Jesus would be the Savior of the world, and Joseph became the channel through whom Jesus would draw many of his wisdoms. Think of his role. He became Mary's husband. He later arranged the flight to Egypt when they had to escape Herod. He later would provide companionship for Jesus as they worked in the carpenter shop. He taught Jesus about being a carpenter. Matthew calls him a just man. A just man at this particular time can be translated as a righteous man. Words at this time of history meant uprightness before God. So you might say Joseph was one to live to the best of his ability in a very right and personal relationship with his Lord. You might even see some of Joseph's rightness reflected in Jesus in his later life and teaching as he taught people about duty and responsibility that not only the people of that day have, but that those of us today have as well. Yet Joseph was just a common, ordinary man by all standards of life. By heritage, he was from the royal line of David. By vocation, a simple village carpenter. He seems to have been a good, upright citizen of Nazareth. He was the one who, like many others, wanted to be counted as the law required. What about when Christmas came to that small town of Bethlehem? Joseph of Nazareth found purpose in his life in the greater purposes of God. We often learn something about this from our own lives in this story. That is when we learn to link ourselves with what we consider God's purpose in our lives. Then our lives find new meaning, new significance. Joseph may be considered to be a forgotten person in the Bethlehem story. and We may overlook him ourselves as we celebrate our Christmases. But Joseph has his place of importance. He serves as a great example for people of all ages. You see, Joseph had a task to perform. And though we may sometimes write him out of the story, and sometimes the artist may paint him in the background, Joseph did the job that God gave him to the best of his ability. He didn't worry about what his place in history might be. He did not worry what others may think of him, whether they thought of him ordinary and common or whatever. His main objective, once he understood, was to honor God, to fulfill his responsibility. But what about his role in the Christmas story and what does it tell us? 
in a very small way, it provides us a very important message. He was part of the real world into which Christ came. Christ came to people, everyday people, not kings, not queens. He was not born in a great city like Jerusalem. He was born in a small city in a room, in an inn which they had no room for him. He was born to a country that a king wanted to kill him. He came into a world that an ordinary person like Joseph would know all about. It was a world with concerns and cares and hurts and crises and needs and loneliness and the list goes on. It was a world that needed someone to minister to them, to help them, to encourage them, to uplift them, to guide them. It was a world into which the Christ child came. So as we continue our journey through this Advent season, we pray it would be a time when we would recall the special highlights of the Christmas season, the shepherds and the angels and the wise men, the rich and the powerful, all the things that make Christmas special to us. We recall the lights and the chrismons and the poinsettias but remember also Joseph. Joseph is like so many small people of this world. He makes no big splash. He makes no showy entrance. He makes no complaint when he's ignored. Instead, he stands as a giant for God. Faithful, dependable, helpful, considerate. He has no personal reward in mind. He simply served God. And what an example that offers us. A man who did not need first place, but a man who put God first in his life. A man who lived up to and was faithful to the responsibility that God had given him. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we thank you for men like Joseph, people with, that are like many of us are, plain, ordinary, everyday people, people who have a purpose in our lives that you've given to us. We pray, O oh God, that you would enable us to discover that purpose so that we may more fully serve you faithfully and well and through you to serve the community and the church around us. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen.